family, my wonderful family, my wonderful family. Listen, y'all, I need you to brace yourself because for the next few weeks, this, like, like this sermon series that we're launching on tonight, Cuffin' Season, ooh-wee, I need you to be a part of every single segment of this particular sermon series. I believe that this series is going to be absolutely awesome. If you don't know what cuffing season is, if you actually look it up, I didn't know there was a date. But cuffing season starts from October 1st to Valentine's Day. And it's the time of year when people like to be cuffed up. I want to be with somebody. Um, I want to spend time with people. And not just that, I'm taking a lot of different directions and curveballs for this cuffing season series um, because um, the enemy many times around this time of year, he's handing out handcuffs to people. Um, I don't have my mom this time um, for the holidays like I had last year. And so for a lot of people, the holiday season and this time of year can be extremely difficult. And I want to give you strategies, blueprints, and just some principles on how we could survive this particular cuffing season. So I hope you guys are ready. Go ahead and take your screenshot, tag us, let us know where you are in the world. And I'm telling you, I need you to like send this link to somebody now. It is on now. So there's so much I want to share with you um, as we kick off this brand new series, Cuffing Season. We're going to start this particular conversation for the time that we have together in Exodus. Exodus, I could not compartmentalize this um, particular message to just one foundational text. So we have two passages of scripture that we're going to have for our foundational text on tonight. First is Exodus chapter 12, verse 31 through 33. It says, During the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Up, leave my people, you and the Israelites. Go, <laughs> go worship the Lord as you have requested. Take your flocks and your herds as you have said and go. And also bless me. The Egyptians urged the people to hurry and leave the country. For otherwise, they said, we will all die. <laughs> so they said, hey, it's over. It's over. We are done. We are breaking up. We through. Can I get somebody to drop the comment in the room? Break up. This is a breakup. In Exodus chapter 12, we are seeing Pharaoh and the Egyptians saying, we are done. We are through with you. Break up. Now let's look at Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14 Verse 5 and 6, it says, When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their mind about them hmm. and said, What have we done? We have let the Israelites go and have lost their services. So he had his chariot made ready and took his army with him. Our clause of concern and how we are going to launch this brand new sermon series on tonight lives in the halfway mark, in the halfway mark of verse 5 of chapter 14. What have we done? We have let the Israelites go and have lost their services. God, you're awesome. Thank you so much for allowing us to have this time to just 
feast on your word and dissect this particular message. And we're praying, oh God, that you would use this message as a surgical operation. Purge our hearts, search the deep, dark crevices of our hearts where there are things that we are holding on to that will allow anything of our past to tempt us to go back. And as my typical request, oh God, allow me to be your PA system, the soundtrack of heaven. We're in high expectation that you're going to do it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen and amen. What have we done? We have let them go and have lost their services. So in other words, it's not really even about the person. I'm not even tripping over the fact that I lost the person. The part that bothers me is I no longer have their services. I I'm not even tripping over him. I'm not really even tripping over her. The part that's bothering me and the part that's agitating me is the fact that I lost access to her because that access comes with the service. I lost access to him because that access to him comes with the service. I wonder if this is why they randomly have started texting you again. Uh-oh. I wonder if this is why they randomly have started popping up in your DMs lately and you haven't heard from them in the last four weeks. I wonder if this is why they have started calling you again all of a sudden. Why are y'all looking at me like that? We coming out just like this. For this new series, this is how we coming out. We coming out real and raw. Maybe this is the reason they keep popping up now after they've been ghosted. Maybe this is the reason they're popping up after they have been ghosts for the last six weeks. They have gone ghost for the last six weeks, but now they are popping up in my voicemail. They are popping up in my inbox. They are popping up in my text messages. They're popping up at locations that I used to go to. They are popping up after they have gone ghost for an extended period of time. Could this be the reason why they're coming back? It's because time has allowed them to recall a service you offered. This is good, y'all. Time has allowed them to remember a service that you came with. There was a particular service that you offered that nobody else can offer it the way that you offer it. There is a particular service that you had that put up with my narcissistic behavior. There was a service that you had that put up with my dysfunction. It put up with my anger. It put up with my compromise. And do... And due to the fact that I no longer have this service, is causing for me to come back after I have gone ghost. I'm trying to help somebody on the night, and I don't want for anybody to be confused. If you don't know what it means to go ghost, to be ghosted, or ghosting, just in case <laughs> our international audience doesn't know what it means to go ghost, when somebody goes ghost, it is a sudden change of behavior without explanation or a reason on why the change happened. And all of your attempts to reach out to them to continue the normal sequence of events goes unanswered for days, goes unanswered for weeks, for months, and in some unfortunate cases, it goes unanswered for years. They're acting like y'all didn't talk every day at 12 o'clock. They're acting like y'all haven't been going out for the last four to five weeks. They're acting like they don't know you. They're acting like you don't exist. They're acting like you are dead to them. It's not because of a fight. It's not because of an argument or a disagreement. They have just gone ghost. Has anybody ever been ghosted? Anybody ever been ghosted or if we're going to have any honest people, has anybody ever ghosted someone? 
<laughs> you don't have to like drop the comment and expose yourself on that one. I understand that some people have gone ghost and others of us have ghosted. I, I, I want to I have this series and the reason I'm having this conversation is because I want to help somebody who's emotionally stuck. I want to help somebody who's emotionally stuck due to somebody ghosting you, due to somebody leaving. Please understand, being ghosted is not just a romantic relationship. Some of us are emotionally stranded right now because our father went ghost when we were eight years old and we still don't know why we haven't heard from him. We haven't got any closure. We haven't got any explanation. And I don't know why the sudden change of behavior. It's not just romantic. I'm doing this message for anybody who may be on the edge of mentally losing it because you are dealing with the immature and a person that has poor communication skills. See, please hear me on the night. Please hear me on the night. When it's God, when it's God, you are never going to have to keep on refreshing your social media to see if they have updated their status, but they didn't return your text or your call from yesterday. Not when it's God. Not when it's God. When it's God, you won't have to stalk them. I'm not even trying to be comedic. When it's God, you won't have to stalk them. You won't have to stalk them. And if they block you, if they block you, for the love of God, please don't create another account. Please don't create another account so that you could monitor on them. When you spend so much time monitoring them, you can lose sight of you. You'll lose sight of what God is doing in your life. You'll, you'll lose sight of how God is purging you. You'll, you'll lose sight of how God is pruning you. You'll, you'll lose sight of what God is doing in your life, and you'll mislabel it. No, they didn't just leave you. Could God have possibly removed them? Because God knows our tomorrow today. God is in our future today, and he knows this individual is not conducive for where I'm taking her. This individual is not conducive for where I'm taking him. This individual individual family member will be toxic if they continue to hang in this atmosphere. So I'm going to remove them now so that I don't have to remove the trauma from their life later. When it's God, you won't have to keep monitoring them because if you do, you risk losing sight of you. And anybody watching this message, if you don't understand that reality, you risk trying to repair somebody who's breaking you. This is good, y'all. You risk trying to repair somebody who's breaking you. So let's go ahead and shame the enemy. Can I get everybody to drop this comment in the room? What God is going to do is about to blow my mind. Yeah, put that in all caps, all caps, all caps. What God is about to do is going to blow my mind. Here's the second part. But obedience and applied principles are required. Yeah, that part though, <laughs> that part though, what God is about to do is going to blow my mind, but obedience and applied principles are required. See, we, we, we can't live according to the flesh and then be confused on why our spirit is in a drought. The grass is not greener on the other side. And if you go over to the other side, you'll discover that it's just turf. You'll discover that it's just turf. It's not real. It's not authentic joy. It's not authentic peace. It's not authentic hope. It's fake. And God wants us to have real joy. He wants us to have real confidence. He wants us to have real contentment. God wants us to experience the real thing. What God is about to do is going to blow your mind. But obedience and applied principles 
are required. You're not going to have to make a different social media account when it's God. I'm just firmly convinced. I wonder, is there anybody besides myself who believes this? I'm just firmly convinced what God sends will not be toxic. What God sends will not bring trauma. I'm not saying that you won't need accountability and some guidance, but this will not cause me to need therapy. Not when it's God. Not what is God. And somebody asked a question a few days ago. They said, hey, I, I, I want to heal from abandonment issues. I want to heal from people ghosting. And I just, if, I, if I'm never going to get the apology from them, if I'm never going to get closure for them, from them, could you explain to me why people go ghost? Why do they just leave? And so I'm answering your question. I believe the reason people go ghost, number one, is because you're too real. You're too real. See, listen, everybody says they want something real until they meet someone or enter a community that requires for them to be real. Everybody says they want something real until they meet a person or a community that requires for them to be real. This requires for you to be real honest. It requires for you to really tell the truth. It requires, requires for you to really be disciplined. It requires for you to really be intentional. It requires for you to really stop lying. It requires for them to be real. And perhaps the reason they keep going ghost and perhaps the reason they left is because you, I'm getting ahead of myself, you were exposing that they were fake. This is so good, y'all. <laughs> I'm talking to the ghosty and the ghoster because some of us have ghosted some people too. <laughs> Maybe the reason they left is because you're so real. You're so real, and I'd rather change scenes and change partners than change myself. Hmm. That's the first reason I believe people go ghost. You were too real. The second reason why people just run and go ghost is because you were about to expose their fake life. Hmm. You were about to expose their fake life. In other words, you're not the only woman, ma'am. And I don't know why y'all looking at me like that. Women do it too. You're not the only man, sir. This sister could be married. Yep. <laughs> this brother could be married. And you just asking too many questions. You want them to be honest and open, and that's about to expose their fakery. <laughs> you're about to expose their fakery. They forgetting dates and forgetting to delete emails and forgetting to delete calls and forgetting to delete text messages and forgetting the last lie you told because you know when you're a liar, you have to keep up with the lie. Okay, what lie did I tell her? Then, then, then what lie did I tell him? What time did I tell her I was at this place? And it's just too much work. Being with you, being in this church, being around this community, being around this circle of individuals, it is too much work for me to be fake. Because you do know being fake is exhausting, right? Has anybody ever been fake? Anybody ever been fake? I've been fake. I'm being open, honest, and transparent. Being fake requires too much work. You just got to keep up with things, fake posts and, and fake smiles and fake joy and fake happiness. And due to them trying to hide their fake with you and it being so exhausting, they leave because you making me work harder because you want real when I'm fake. And you're so real that's it, that it's exposing that I'm fake. It's the second reason on why I believe people go ghost. The third reason on why I believe people go ghost, one that you may not think about, is because they're running from themselves. They're running 
from themselves. Somebody watching this message, every time things get difficult, you run. When it gets hard, you run. When somebody challenges you, you run. When you get corrected, you run. When somebody tries to tell you about yourself, you run. When you don't know the answer, you run. When there's a giant, you run. You run. The problem is you can never outrun you. You can never outrun you. Eventually, the real you is going to make its debut. See, if David would have ran from Goliath instead of to Goliath, we don't even recognize that David fighting Goliath, it wasn't just about the fight. It was his announcement. David fighting Goliath was an announcement to the world. A new king is coming. Somebody else has the oil. David fighting Goliath was a transition from him just being a little shepherd boy who knew how to drop bars because he knew how to play the harp and write songs. Just him being a shepherd boy who could drop bars to a king that's soon to come, to a warrior that's soon to come. And I wonder how many of us are running from our promotion in disguise because you don't want to fight your giant. Who am I preaching to? You don't want to fight your giant, so you keep running. You keep running, and you keep running, and you keep running. And while they were with you, they had to keep looking over their shoulder because the real them was catching up. And the reason they went ghost is because the real them almost showed themselves. The real them was catching up. Have y'all noticed I didn't say nothing about you? Have you noticed I didn't say anything was your fault and if you would have did this, this possibly wouldn't have happened and if you would have said this and if you would have known this because sometimes when people leave us without explanation, it could cause for us to question ourselves. It, it, it could turn up the volume of our inner critic and I'm trying to get somebody to understand on tonight, you don't have to get wet from a storm that's not yours. That's their issue. Some stuff we need to return to sender. Somebody drop in the comment, return to sender. This is not my issue, return to sender. This is not my trauma, return to sender. This is not my problem, return to sender. This is not my storm, return to sender. I don't have to get wet from a storm that's not mine, and I get it now. I get it now. If the Christ follower... If the Christ follower is supposed to be one who is filled with love, like the litmus test that we are followers of Jesus is exposed by how we love each other. The billboard that lets everybody know that I'm a saint is by the way we love one another. We are love carriers. We are Jesus's representation in the earth and is seen by how we love one another. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples by the way you love one another. Hmm. If that is the evidence that we're believers, no wonder the enemy is after our hearts. No wonder he wants to provide us with someone, something, or some trauma that contaminates our hearts so that our heart cannot release love, but it only releases secondhand smoke. Every person I encounter has to deal with what I encountered. Every person I encounter has to deal with what I encountered. And so I can't even reach the door of your heart without first being approached with the high grass of your emotionalism. And so now every person that tries to do life with you or helps you has to decide, will I be patient and mow the lawn of grass I didn't plant? Because I have a wall up due to every person I have encountered. And what I have noticed is sometimes the people who left come back. <laughs> sometimes the people who left Come back. It is a strategy of the enemy. But I want us to level up so hard that certain things can't find you. 
I want us to level up so hard that former things can't even locate you. Former addictions, former people that you were with, former temptations, former websites, certain things can't even tempt you anymore. I need you to evolve so hard that you have to reintroduce yourself. If I were to go to the Apple store right now and ask for an iPhone 4, they would look at me like I'm crazy. Look at this. They wouldn't question themselves. Hmm. They, they wouldn't question themselves. They're like, okay, you're coming and you're trying to find something that we no longer produce. I'm not on that level anymore. I'm not there anymore. I'm not in this atmosphere anymore. I'm not in this season anymore. You forgot who you were. I didn't forget who I am. I just refused to live where we met. I'm not an iPhone 4 phase anymore. I've evolved. I've evolved. And I want us to become people who are so mature that for some people, we have to be like an outer service elevator. They can step in, but I don't have to go to the floor that they pushed. They're pushing buttons, but I don't have to go to the floor that they're asking me to go to because I have self-government and I have self-mastery. Pharaoh. Pharaoh asked himself and his boys the question. He said, what have we done? We have lost them and their services. And I'm just trying to convince the people we need to be out of service for hell's use. I am out of service to your schemes. I am out of service to your strategies. I'm out of service to your temptations. I'm out of service to your manipulation. Why? Because I have a new service provider. Y'all gonna make me preach up in here. I'm, I have a new service provider and my service provider has given me an unlimited plan. I have unlimited blessings. I have unlimited joy. I have unlimited peace. I have unlimited access to the Father. And I don't need to sacrifice the blood of bulls and goats. I don't have to go to a pope or to a priest, but the veil has been torn and I have unlimited access to the Father. Somebody drop the comment in the room, access granted. Access granted, access granted, access granted. And I would like to start this new sermon series off speaking around this thought from this subject for the time that we have together on tonight, the reoccurring X. Yeah, the reoccurring X. What in your life is trying to get you back because it lost your services? Who in your life has returned and has reoccurred in your life because they're trying to render back your services? And the reason I feel led to do this sermon series is because for the next few weeks, I want this particular series to be an investment in your soul care. I, I want this, this series to be an investment in your soul care. Because around this time of year, when the wind gets more brisk, when the pumpkin spice is being extended, and when the holidays are approaching, I want us to make holistic, powerful, conscious, purpose-benefiting decisions that are an investment in my soul care. Don't allow a season to cause you to enter into a season. Did you hear what I just said? Don't allow a season make you have a season. I need to invest in soul care. Because for far too long, we've had too many pews, sanctuaries, churches, and pulpits, and now due to COVID, viewers that have perfected facelifts, but we don't have heart transplants. We don't have heart transplants. And one of the ways the enemy gets us to fall back, 
One of the ways he interrupts our evolution journey and one of the ways he tries to cripple our faith is by causing for an ex to return back to your life. <laughs> and whenever we don't have forward vision, we will always revert back to familiar chaos. So, so yes, your location may have changed, but your taste buds haven't. Your location has changed, but your taste buds haven't. I need us to become people who notice the timing. Notice the timing, notice the timing, notice the timing, notice the timing. Because being aware of the timing can cause you to be aware of the sender. Woo! Being aware of the timing can cause us to be aware of the sender. I need you to notice what is sent your way when you are about to fall into depression. Notice the timing. I want you to notice the timing of when you are having a night when your flesh is on fire and you get a random text. Hey, big head, what you doing? Do you want to come through? Notice the timing. I want you to notice the timing when you are about to make an unwise choice, how that spiritual leader, how that friend, how that pastor, how that brother or that sister seems to call you just to check on you to see how you're doing. I need you to notice the timing. Notice the timing. Notice the timing. Because noticing timing allows me to understand who sent this. Notice the timing. Notice the timing. Notice the timing that as soon as you change your mind. Notice the timing that as soon as you get serious about your faith, as soon as you get serious about fasting, as soon as you get serious about your commitment, as soon as you get serious with your devotion, as soon as you get serious with sermon listening, as soon as you get serious, I'm going to fight for my marriage. As soon as you get serious and say, I'm going to fight for joy in my singleness. As soon as you get serious and say, I'm going to fight for joy and I'm going to fight to control my feelings because I should not allow people to control my mood. I want to have the power where no text or a text can't throw my whole day off. But I know somebody who texts me and I have 66 love letters and 66 text messages that God has sent me and his text should be able to throw my whole day back on. I want you to notice the timing. Notice as soon as you're about to make up your mind to do something that will become an assistant and secretary to your becoming process, how an X occurs. That X randomly reaches out. That X randomly shows up. Now, please, don't misconstrue what I'm saying. An X is not always a person. An X is not always a person. An X could be a thing. An X could be an addiction. An X could be a substance. An X could be an unhealthy family member. An X could be a location. An ex is not always a person. It's anything that in your life at one time held you hostage. An ex is anything that in one season of your life, it held you hostage. It used to hold you hostage. Notice the timing. Notice the timing. As soon as you're about to deactivate your social media, Pharaoh is reminded that, hey, what have I done? We have let them go and have lost their services. Notice the timing. Notice the timing. Notice the timing. Because many times the enemy will test us to see, have your feet moved, but your heart didn't. See, and this is why it's so dangerous to follow cultural doctrine. Because culture says, follow your heart. But sometimes God will ask us to do things 
that doesn't sit well with our heart, but we're going to obey him anyway. So our feet follows his instructions, but our heart still doesn't understand why. And if we follow our heart, we'll go back to the very places that God has brought us out of. Do we have any real people who are honest enough to say that sometimes God asks us to do things that we don't want to do? Sometimes God asks us to do things that's uncomfortable and it's possible for my feet to move, but my heart hasn't caught up yet. And if you follow your heart, you'll keep on going back to an ex that is not conducive for your soul. And I have to trust God so much where sometimes I have to make decisions that hurt my heart, but it's beneficial for my assignment. It's beneficial for my purpose and my destiny. Notice the timing. Notice the timing. Notice how that X always comes back when you are in between entry and exit. Ooh, this is so good, y'all. That X always comes back when we're right in between entry and exit. The X may not be a person, but it causes for hell to rage when you're right on the brink. That right there is a sign to let you know that you're about to walk into something. Your flesh brings the most fury when you're right on the brink of something. Hell sends distraction after distraction when you're right on the brink of something. Exes return when you're right on the brink of something. When you're right on the brink of something, which is why you must have a vision. See, I believe that God puts a vision in our hearts and in our soul, not always to remind us of where we're going, but for when we hit the middle. When we hit the middle, when we're right in between the exit and the entry and that middle season, I believe God has a vision in your soul so that when an ex tries to get you to go back, remember, it doesn't always have to be a person. When that ex tries to get you to return, when that ex tries to get you to return, when that ex tries to persuade you to go back, you got a vision in your belly. You got something in your soul. There is something that God has put on the inside of you where you're like, you know what? I'm not going back there because I know I'm going here. I'm not here yet. But I'm reminded of what God put in my bosom. I'm reminded of what God put in my soul I'm reminded of what God is doing in my heart and that keeps me from going back to Egypt because I have something in my belly I have a vision. I Have a vision Notice when you're the most depressed Notice notice when you're the most depressed when you're the most discouraged when you're the most tired what comes back because noticing the timing will reveal the sender. Notice it. Notice it. Notice that when you hit dark places, who texts you? Notice when you're in a season of discouragement, who's in your DMs? Because dark places give space to familiar voices. And the flesh always will bring fury when you have an X as an option. Y'all, this is so good. The flesh will always bring fury when you have an X as an option. I'm trying to get somebody watching this message to have no plan B. How about that? Have no backup. Why do you have like that backup contact in your phone? Like just in case I don't know what to do tonight. Just in case I don't have nobody. Just in case I feel like I'm coming for somebody's neck. <laughs> I'm coming for the neck. I'm talking about remove plan B. Can I get you to drop that in the room? Remove plan B. I'm going to give you Bible. I'm going to give you Bible. 1 Kings chapter 19. We're going to launch our reading in verse 19. It says, So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. 
Elisha then left his oxen and ran to Elijah, ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and my mother goodbye, he said. Then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah said. What? Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elijah left him and went back. Look at this, y'all. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. I want y'all to notice this. I want y'all to notice this. Followed callings come with farewells. Following callings comes with a farewell. Elijah was like, okay, um, what have I done? Go back. And he's like, all right, listen, I'm going to go back, not because I'm going to stay here, but I'm going to slaughter everything that I knew. I'm going to give everything up away. I'm going to give all of these things away. I have no plan B. Following Jesus, I have no plan B. Following my faith, I have no plan B. Listening to the Holy Spirit, I have no plan B. And the reason a lot of us, the reason your flesh is on fire is because you still are giving your flesh options. You are, feel, you are still giving your flesh options, and I'm trying to help you. One of the ways to defeat this is by no plan B. Burn the plows. Burn the plows. Some of us, like right now, need to pull out your phone and delete some contacts. Delete some contacts. No more backups. No more backup people. No more backup booze. No more backup base. No more backup people that you can get high with. No more backup people that you can drink with. No more backups. No plan B. No plan B. If I had a beat, no plan B. One more time. No plan B. Burn the plows. The flesh will always bring fury when you give it options. No plan B. Jesus says it this way in Luke chapter 9. Verse 62, Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. No plan B. I'm going all in. I'm going all out. I'm sold out to this thing. I'm committed to this thing. And just like I said on Sunday, this is the difference between interested and committed. When you're interested, you'll do what's convenient. When you're committed, you'll do what it takes. So I'm going to give you a few reasons on why I believe X's return. Number one, do I still have a grip? Do I still have a grip? What if I were to tell you that hell could be nervous because it sees your change? It sees you changing. It sees you praying. It sees you binging the whole World War Me series. It sees you taking notes. It sees you fasting. The enemy sees that change. And so sometimes he has to send what worked in one season. I have to send what worked in one season to see if it still works in this season. I want to see, do I still have a grip on their emotions? Do I still have a grip on their lust? Do I still have a grip on their pity? And they're doing all of these things that are changing and that's causing for me to get nervous because I used to be able to control her mood. I used to have him not text good morning and it messed her whole day up. Can I still have the same access I had before? Did I lose their services. Do I still have access? Do, do I still have access to her mind? 
Do I still have access in her music playlist? Do I still have access with them watching porn? Do I still have access by that man still having a key to their apartment, but she's saying she's practicing purity? Or do I still have access for that brother who gave that woman a key and she still has access to his apartment and his house? Do I still have access? Do I have a grip? That's number one. Number two, exes come when you're close to something. When you're close to something. I've said this so many times. God sense and counterfeits usually arrive in the same season. The reason we can't see the God sent is because the counterfeit is our preference. God sends and counterfeits come in the same season. We have Elijah. We have Baal worshipers. We have Moses. We have Pharaoh. We have Jesus. We have Herod. And sometimes one of the evidences that you're about to walk into something is when things of your past keep popping up. Why? Because hell is nervous. I don't know what to do. I can't get any new temptation. I don't have any new strategy. So I have to use what used to work. You're close. You're close. You're about to walk into something. Um, number three, so good. Another reason why I believe exes return is because they want to limit access. They want to limit access. In other words, they're trying to limit other people from having access to you. They're blockers. If I can't have you, no one can have you. And the reason I'm trying to come back is because I want to limit somebody coming in. The reason he sent that back is because he wants to limit your prayer life taking off. The reason she came back is because he wants to limit your devotion taking off. Notice the timing. Notice every single time you try to make a commitment, something always tries to step back. It's trying to stop your access. Has anybody ever noticed that when certain people depart, peace arrives. <laughs> it's like peace arrival is tied to your departure. And peace's departure is tied to your arrival. Limit access. They're blockers to what heaven is trying to send your way. This one's so basic. Another reason why I believe exes return is because they miss you and miss your services. They really do. They miss you and miss your service. Listen, there's somebody who's watching this message. Stop resaving that contact that you deleted. I need to say that again. And when this is uploaded, <laughs> where it's not live right now, I need you to rewind that part. Stop resaving a contact that you deleted. You deleted them for a reason the first time. See, a lot of us get in trouble because whenever we feel as though this is unfamiliar terrain. Whenever God places us in something new, we try to reach back to something old to provide us with comfort. But comfort zones and callings will never be romantically involved. And anytime God calls you, it always comes with the abandonment of a thing. They miss you. But here's the thing. God never cracks a Red Sea so that you can return to Egypt. He cracks a Red Sea so that you can depart from Egypt. This is your exodus. And you have to know, missing them doesn't mean return. I need somebody watching this message to be so secure in your faith that you don't allow, that you don't allow an apology or an I miss you cause you to go right back into the very thing that you asked God to heal you from. <laughs> For some people, all it takes is an apology and we'll go right back into the thing that gave us trauma. Don't mislabel the season. A lot of us, if I were to be honest, you're not waiting. You're not waiting, you're getting dressed. See, th there's, there's a difference in getting ready and being dressed. When you're ready, you're waiting. 
When you're becoming, you're dressing. A lot of us, God is taking off some garments. He's taken off some outfits. He's taken off some mindsets. He's taken off some perspectives. That does not mean that you won't be ready. But right now in this season, I'm not waiting. A lot of us think I'm just waiting for this. I'm just waiting for this. You're not waiting. You're getting dressed and undressed. When you're ready, you're dressed and you're waiting. It's like when you go over your friend's house and you told them that you were going to be there at eight o'clock. You text them, hey, I'm outside. And they say, okay, I'm ready. This man don't have his shoes on. This woman is still trying to find her earrings and her keys. <laughs> You're not ready. You're getting dressed. And I think a lot of us, our anxiety is heightened because we don't recognize we're not in the season right now of ready. We're in the season of getting dressed. And that's okay. That's okay. I just want us to be aware that while you're getting dressed, don't dress yourself with Egypt clothing. And don't allow Egypt text messages cause you to undress what God has put on you as you are becoming. So good, y'all. <laughs> we just have to get to a place where we remove this Amazon Prime mentality. We want to expedite shipping. We want it now. We want it quick. One day shipping. You can't do that with God. You can't do that with God. Everything that God sends your way is going to come on time. With God, the only thing that you can have is on-time shipping. The only thing you can have is on-time shipping. Now, you could prolong a package by disobedience. You could prolong a package by rebellion. You could prolong a package by not getting the therapy you need. You could prolong a package by not healing from that trauma. You could prolong a package by entertaining an ex. See, for some of us, God can't send the new thing until you let the old thing go. And as long as you keep entertaining old things, as long as you keep entertaining Egypt people, as long as you keep entertaining what Pharaoh has, you won't be able to receive what Yahweh's giving. Ah, oh, this is so good, y'all. The enemy knows if I can't stop them from going where they're going, maybe I could send something from where they've been that could keep them where they are or hopefully get them to go back to where they were. Last reason on why I believe exes come back in our life you gave them life. Not in a good way. This was parasitic. Parasites live off host. They live off host. A leech, the way I live, is off somebody else's health. The way I live is off somebody else's peace. The way I live is off somebody else's joy. And the reason they have come back is because you sustained their life. They had a parasitic nature. And I was surviving off what you had. Pharaoh said, what have we done? We have let them go. And I've lost the services. And I wanted to come on here tonight for a few moments and give us a message to encourage us to be out of service for Pharaoh. To be out of service for hell to be out of service for distractions, to be out of service for setbacks. And anything of my past that tries to come back, that tries to take me back, I have a new service provider. And the only reason Pharaoh wanted them back was because I no longer have people who I can make my slaves. Sometimes things of the past come back because the enemy wants your service of slavery. And as we start this series, I want this series to be an investment 
and our soul care. I'm not going back. I'm not returning back. I'm not looking back to anything God has brought me out of. When God heals you, and while God is healing you, stop picking the scab. Stop picking the scab. That could be looking back, texting back, responding back, going back, thinking back. Stop picking the scab because I'm trying to take you into a promise. And one of the methods of the enemy to get us handcuffed and arrested in this season is to send back what comforted us in a former season. So God, we pray, purge us and detox us from Egypt. Purge and detox us from Egypt so that we won't even be able to be tempted by the things of our past. Help us have enough wisdom to notice the timing. Notice the timing so we can identify there's a certain distraction that always comes this way when I'm feeling like this. There's a certain distraction that always arrives at my doorstep when I've just made a commitment to fast. Help us to notice the timing because timing awareness, timing awareness helps us identify the sender. And may we be people who have broken up with the world and we recognize that you are a jealous God and you don't want us to talk to and entertain exes. Help us to be free from anything that once held us hostage. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.